A plot so confusing and convoluted, it's basically the children's version of Cloud Atlas. And no, I still haven't seen Cloud Atlas, and I'm probably never going to. We're talking We're Back, a dinosaur story on today's... We're not affiliated with Netflix. Welcome to KidFlix, the podcast where adults try to definitively rank every kid's movie ever made. I'm your host, Ross Wiseman, and this show is not for kids, so turn this off and roll back the rock. <laughs> oh no, it's oh, already no. begun. <laughs> yep. Boy, oh boy. We are talking... Uh, first of all, my, let's let's get into it directly. My guest today, he's uh, a friend of the show. Uh, finally, he's back with a movie that he chose instead of uh, doing one that I wanted to do. It's Neil Bartom. Hey, what's going on, Ross? I'm doing great. How are you? Uh, it's it's a we're recording this on a beautiful Friday afternoon, and there's nothing I enjoy more than being on Zoom. Ah, uh, it's same here. I walked around for you know <laughs> I walked around for like a half an hour, did a pit stop in CVS to get some treats, and uh, now I'm back inside because even though it's been cold for weeks and months, uh, it's already a little bit too warm for me. So, oops, <laughs> oops. Yeah. Um, so we are talking about, honestly, one of my, I I feel like I could say it's one of my favorite movies from my childhood. Um, it's We're Back, A Dinosaur Story. So part of what I love about this movie is that I feel like nobody knows what the fuck it is. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. and we'll get into all of the reasons why, but uh, tell me, because you were very excited to suggest this, what... <laughs> uh, what what's your connection to this movie? I I don't I didn't knowingly have a relationship to, to this movie until the year 2020, um, when a lot of things changed for for many of us. And one thing that changed for me was that I I met We're Back Dinosaur Story. Um, I have no recollection of it uh, from childhood, uh, or and, and I can't be I can't be sure anybody had ever mentioned it to me until this past summer. Yeah, uh, it's, I don't know how this got into my house, but we did have, I believe, a VHS copy of it, Mm. and uh, part of, I guess, what's nice about it is that it pretty much is a TV movie. It, uh, I checked, you can watch it on YouTube right now, and the credits start at 65 minutes in, uh, after like a two-minute intro uh title sequence so you're mm-hmm. barely getting an hour of movie if you can call it a movie um so i i tried to summarize it uh and i couldn't so here yeah. here's my quick yeah. summary of it that okay. i wrote down in the first five minutes of the movie so a scientist named captain new Eyes invents a cereal that makes people and animals smarter which creates world peace then he creates a wish radio to hear children's wishes and invents a time machine to go back to prehistoric times, make dinosaurs smart, and then give them self-awareness and the ability to consent to go to the future to delight children. Couldn't have done it better myself. Yeah. Um, also, half of those things are not in the original book. So this is uh, a 70-minute <laughs> movie based off of a 29-page book. See, I didn't know, I didn't know that about its history. Um, yeah do you, have, so you've read the book i've not read the book uh i also didn't realize that it was a book until today when i was doing some research before it okay. but right. um essentially what happens in the book is that 
It's just the Jay Leno alien that mm-hmm. gives the dinosaurs sentience, and it's like a drug trial to like see if like this concoction works for other living beings. And so he, uh, the alien drops the aliens off in New York uh, in the middle of the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Sure uh, the dinosaurs cause mischief. The cops chase them. And then the Natural History Museum, uh, Dr. Bleeb, houses them at the museum and hides them and disguises them as statues. And, like, that's the whole book. That's it. That's it. I, that's certainly a simpler plot. Than feuding mad science uh, brothers? Brothers, Yes. Um, there are a lot of, I would say there's a lot of commentary and agenda and, and topics that are shoehorned in here into the movie, right? What? Let's hear some. So the, the love story between the children seems unnecessary to me. Very unnecessary. And also like one-sided for both of them, like neither of them. So, okay. So we follow two children, Louis. All right. Uh, who, according to Wikipedia, is a brave young boy from a lower-class background. Mm-hmm. And then the other child, Cecilia Nuthatch, is a young yep. girl from a wealthy family. Yep. Um, and so Louis is leaving to join the circus when we meet him. And through a series of events and flying on a pterodactyl, he meets Cecilia, who decides to join him in running away because her parents are rich and are like business professionals and socialites, so they don't have time for her, and they right. left her alone at home on Thanksgiving. Yeah, uh, I, I should point out here because of my personal brand, I'm a huge fan of his breakfast sandwich contraption. Uh, he when he's on a boat right before he meets the dinosaurs, he's like, oh, that's right, jamming with his little '90s boombox, and there's like it's kind of like a Rube Goldberg contraption that uh, puts together a, an egg sandwich for him. While yeah. he's boating. Um, well, and... he's trying to sail a boat to Central Park, which yes. uh, if you were somebody that lives in the city, of course you're going to do that instead sure. of hopping on a train. That's right. That's right. Um, a, I noticed that the sandwich contraption reminds me of a 90s kids TV show. That is the sort of thing that like nobody ever uh, has spoken of to me called Wake, Rattle and Roll. Were you familiar with this? No, it's uh, it's not ringing any bells. It, it, I don't think it was good. Um, and it had a, a, an actual quote actual robot um, interacting with a child. And it was it was supposed to be like a morning show for kids, but the timing of it made no sense for my actual day. And so I watched it, you know, on sick days and holidays, basically. Sure. Um, but there is there's something incredibly of its era, and I think that's something else about this movie is like the animation is so early 90s the fact that they're talking dinosaurs and they're so brilliant like we're not making talking dinosaur movies now i don't think no it's been it's been a a, a plight of our era that there aren't <laughs> any talking dinosaur movies <laughs> it's a bold uh, statement but, but okay and there's also another very 90s early 90s thing about this movie is um like the really bad occasional 3d like they're not even trying to blend like Mm-mm. the 3D animation in because, and it's also it shows up once or twice and then goes away forever. Like there's a shot of the pterodactyl flying through New York, mm-hmm. and you just see like kind of perspective on a building at one point, <laughs> and then it, then it disappears from the visionary producing of Steven Spielberg. Um, I'll, I'll throw in here something that I noticed on the f- the first time I watched this movie, 
when we're, we're talking minutes in four directors for this. Yeah. How did they divvy that up? I, so one interesting thing that might explain why is so, uh, John Malkovich mm-hmm. was supposed to be professor screw eyes. Okay. The, the villain of the movie. And he dropped out because of disagreements with the four directors. And my hunch tells me that, um, one of them was the main director and then everybody else was just kind of like giving notes and giving their kind of Mm -hmm. bland vision because, uh, and I'm quoting this directly from IMDb in a rare 2003 interview, Malkovich made a brief allusion to the movie saying, quote, good ideas go to die in Hollywood. I worked on an animated movie about dinosaurs in New York once. It was completely bureaucratized. They took something that had art in it and put it in the laps of people that only cared about the bottom line. And look what happened. So he thought this was going to be an art film. So I think the book, I, I guess the book has a following of some kind. Kind I think yeah. the, probably similar to Where the Wild Things Are. Just like a very like sweet book that has some depth to it, but isn't overly complicated. It's just like mm-hmm. very artistically nice to look at. And like you read, you heard my description of the book. Like how could you turn this into a movie? Like it's like adding a love plot just to make it palatable. Sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, But another interesting thing is, um, originally, the directors of this movie, are um, different directors wanted to adapt We're Back at Dinosaur's story. And Mm. it was uh, John Musker and Ron Clemens, who uh, are better known as the directors of Little Mermaid, Mm -hmm. uh, Aladdin, recently, uh, their last film, together uh was moana so like these disney legends and spielberg was like sorry i already got it that's my impression of steel spielberg that's what Um, it sounds like yeah he probably sounds like a nerd who are we kidding (laughs) he's like he just sounds like a kid that rides their bike all the time uh i don't know if that's a dig um but yeah so this movie could have gone so many different ways and it went possibly the worst way possible um, the voice cast is stacked, kind yes. of. So I'd we, say stacked. But also, people that are sure they're known for having distinct voices, but um, they don't really show up in a lot of other things. So mm. um, Walter Cronkite is a voice in this, and he's a legendary person, of course. But like, th- I don't know, he doesn't really do a lot of voice work because he's dead. Um, Jay Leno. Uh, <laughs> voice this really annoying alien julia child mm-hmm. voices uh this like doctor and and also like yearly smith one of her few non lisa simpson yeah. uh voiceover work and weirdly like this is in the early days of the simpsons this movie is from 93 the simpsons started in 89 so like we're five years into the simpsons and she's mm-hmm. basically just doing the lisa voice because like it, that's uh that's what why not? Teen girls sound like, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And I feel bad for her because uh, her character, Cecilia, has nothing. She is no- There's nothing to grasp onto with her. Um, she just, like, I wrote in my notes that all Cecilia does is, like, uh, swoon, laugh, and cry. She's, she's a helpless girl, basically. One note is generous. Yeah. Um, and she's set up, I think, in a very 
pathetic way that like her parents are well off but don't care about her and so we're supposed to feel pity for her and she has a stupid hat that she loses right there's the the hat um the whole hat thing um something else that i'd i'd written down that reminds me that there's a lot of stuff in this movie that does not fly in 2020 or or at least shouldn't fly in a kid's movie um also uh not to not to be that guy it is 2021 you know what? I know. We, I don't care. I, know we've I don't care what year it is. Time. Okay. Cool. Just double check. I don't care. Uh, it it wouldn't fly in the year that I first saw this movie. How about that? Okay. Uh, there. That's that's what I'm going for with that. <laughs> Neil, Thank hold up awesome. a newspaper for me, just in case. <laughs> I'm stuck. Uh, I'm not back. Uh, okay. No. So. Ooh. Um, the line when Louis and Cecilia first meet, he asks her, "What about your parents? Do they beat you?" Yes, I wrote that down line. too. It's a casually produced reference to child abuse. And you're like, what just happened there? Why would you do that? Why would yeah. you put that in the script? And it's, it, yeah, that's kind of a presumed thing too throughout the movie that like Louis has a terrible home life and so he ran away. But then he starts dropping things like, oh yeah, like my mom like kisses me in public. Yeah. And that's the part that's making him want to run away from home. And there's like a little montage at the end because even though this movie is so short, they were like, oh, we're not going to give these characters an actual epilogue of any kind. They just like show pictures and it's like Louis with his parents and they're smiling. Like they seem perfectly nice. They live in a perfectly normal house. And then same with Cecilia's parents. Like they like hug her and love her again. And like they like redecorate their house. And that's like a whole moment. Right. So again, my question is, what's the agenda here? Uh, the agenda is, uh, I wish that I could see a dinosaur. I think so. I think so. I think that's why like, I had trouble connecting to this movie. Because like, when I was a kid, I would just watch it because it was like a distraction sure. from anything. But I, dinosaurs are chill. But I feel like, I don't know if dinosaurs are like every kid's like, only thing like the this whole section of new york is obsessed with only dinosaurs Mm -hmm. and and the the wish radio that we see we're led to believe that kids are wishing to see dinosaurs all all their wish so the things that the kids wish for um the first wish we hear is i wish i had a mustache just like my dad um then there's also a girl that's dressed like a geisha and she like really wants to be a geisha uh but then all the rest of the kids of the world just want to look at a dinosaur yeah that's what? it what and the <sighs> that's that's kind of the the this is the movie as a whole that like there is so much just information thrown at you but then Mm -hmm. also this movie is paced so slowly and nothing happens for so long and like suddenly it's like oh we're suddenly they escaped to the circus they sold their souls and they were turned into monkeys that's a thing that happens and that's not even like a main part of the movie it's yes it's a lot of shallow things are thrown at you quickly it's a real jackson main of a movie i didn't get that but i love it thank you great great uh you'll you can explain that to me in the in the after party yeah, yeah in the um, <laughs> in the after show the, that i co-host with chris hardwick for about kid <laughs> uh oh man yeah so uh uh it's also why not i should mention uh the joke that i made at the top of the show there is one song in this movie mm-hmm. called roll back the rock uh 
at mm-hmm. the in the end credits, it is covered by Little Richard. Naturally. And it's just like so I this was the main part of the movie that I remembered like growing up through now. Mm-hmm. And before I was sitting to watch this, I was like, surely there's more context and it makes sense. Uh no. No. It's no. just like the dinosaurs are sneaking in the Macy's Day Parade and they're like Oh, I feel a song coming on, and John Goodman is selling the hell out of it. Oh, of course, because he's John Goodman, national treasure, um, and the and it's it's again. I'm going to throw the word shoehorned in here. It's shoehorned in in the way that like some musical songs are, and we're supposed to believe that all the kids know the choreography to this. Like they're all doing the roll back the rock dance. And, and they show kids doing it, so it's like, oh, the yeah. uh, like. There's this weird phrase in like, like kids movies, or just like in general, like movies or shows where they're like, oh, it's a fun special event, and they always say like, oh, people are gonna be dancing in their seats. Like, mm. I remember specifically this like Sesame Street special that I watched all the time as a kid, where like, like Maria was talking about like, oh, people are gonna be dancing in their streets, Bert. We gotta make it fun, and he's like, I don't mm. want it to be, like people are like oh this is gonna be fun this is gonna be the big thing and yeah no one gives a shit a parent is like what is happening what is happening what is happening um they also very very much around the song but again kind of throughout the movie we're like yo-yoing between this is totally normal and this is totally bizarre right that like the kids some of the kids at the at the parade are like oh yeah no there's dinosaurs how nice and then the adults are like uh-huh yep yep and then very no, the adults are like, it's just they're just robots. They're just they're just robots. That's right. Um, uh, and then very quickly, it's like, oh no, it's they're real, um, and they're back, and they're back. And this is a story about dinosaurs. Yeah. <sighs> uh, so so then yeah. that happens. They do a dance, and then John Goodman uh, gets horny for uh, a, an actual like blow up. Balloon. So this mm-hmm. takes place during the Thanksgiving Day Parade, uh, like I mentioned, I think. And so he sees just like a regular blow-up triceratops or iguanodon, whatever you want to call them. I don't know any of the names of them. Re- okay. Uh, First of I, all, I'm pretty sure that's supposed to be what is now called an apatosaurus. We, I, I knew it as a brontosaurus as a child. Oh, I forgot. this. It was like a whole Pluto thing. They're like, hey, we fucked up. This is not what it yeah. is. We, got, they like made up a dinosaur, right? Like it was just they combined a bunch of, of things. Yeah, yeah. I've got some some reading that we can put in the show notes about this. That's actually pretty interesting if people are into like the history of science. Yeah, honestly, yeah. Let's plop it in the in yeah. the chat. Cool. Um, while while I'm I'm talking about links that this reminds me of, um, there's a uh, story I, I once heard on the Story Collider podcast, which is about like science in people's lives, mm-hmm. um, and it's one of those stories that has just like stuck with me, and I'll I'll listen to it every time it comes on, um, and it's a a guy who he's like a trained puppeteer and he has the option of um, working a dinosaur giant puppet costume um, in his hometown. And he's like having a reckoning with like his parents who are creationists. Like he grew up not, oh, not, not having the understanding of dinosaurs that say like you and I might today. Um, and he was like, this was a very strange process for me to go into my, into my hometown as an adult and tell my parents, like, this is what I believe now about dinosaurs. And also I'm a puppeteer. Uh, and it's just, it's such a, it's a beautifully told story. Um, and, and I'm assuming a, they were more upset about him being a puppeteer. Like, Oh, come on. 
one, one, one presumes. And yet, uh, he was successful because he was getting paid to be a dinosaur puppet. Damn. Anyways, that's um, yet another thing through the old show notes. Yeah, um, I love it. Um, yeah, and then, so after this whole song and dance and John Goodman getting horny for a dinosaur mm-hmm. balloon, um, every the adults realize, like, and the kids realize, like, oh, these are, like, actual dinosaurs. Like, they're not robots. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the kids are excited, but then all of the adults freak out, uh, which pursues, like, we get into a very long chase scene so like the cops are just trying to capture them and it goes on for like way too long like way i took a long. I, t- I paused for a second because i had to like like go to the bathroom but still i was like this should not still be happening mm-hmm. it, um, there's a lot of detail in a grocery store where you're like is this helpful why is this happening right now yeah a bunch of animators were like pushed to the brink for that um yeah. a lot of and hot also, dog animation too a lot of hot dog animation hot dogs so I wrote at the beginning, like, right when this movie started, I was like, I forgot everything about this movie, but I somehow remember every single frame. Like, Mm -hmm. this is one of those movies that it was so formative that it's just all in my head, even if I don't, I couldn't tell you anything about it. I'm just like, yeah, like, the hot dogs really stuck in my head, the, the little bird or whatever that doesn't matter. I mean, none of it matters, (laughs) I guess you could say. No. Does anything? Um, yeah. Also, uh, Easter egg during though the chase scene. Ooh. Sorry, real quick. Um, there, what the marquee says like now playing Jurassic Park, Jurassic Park. which mm-hmm. had come out, I believe, the year before. I think that's ninety three. And then also, I think the dinosaurs they they run into what looks like the Ghostbusters firehouse, like right before it's demolished. Oh. I don't know if that's true, but it looked so. I mean, it could just be what a, an old firehouse looks like but i was like mm-hmm. that that's too similar that looks too much like it that that checks out um i i should point out that it's 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 not an appearance of mine on kid flicks unless there's a massive police presence at a fear for public safety <laughs> if three real, for three real, right three for three and this is where we are now i don't i don't know if other people have this kind of track record on this show but um truly the first time i watched this movie I saw all these cop cars and also, right. I'm watching it like summer 2020. And I'm like, this is very unnecessary. <laughs> There's too many cops for a bunch of dinosaurs, but I don't actually know the right number of cops for dinosaurs. Yeah. Um, I mean, considering so. that Steven Spielberg tried to replace all these guns with, uh, walkie talkies mm-hmm. for ET. I'm surprised that there's like so much of like police presence and this violence. Yeah. In this yeah. movie. And for nothing, nothing, oh god yeah um i also like this is also one of those movies and i don't know if you have something in your life that's similar to this but like because it came i watched it at such a formative age like the movie has like a smell like i i don't know what the smell is Mm. but there's like i like feel like kind of like a smell when i'm watching something like this like something about I guess the familiarity of like every single frame that I'm watching combined with like, Oh, I'm probably thinking about like the basement that I would have watched this movie in. But like the, the whole scene with like the Jay Leno alien and Mm -hmm. uh, him like force feeding John Goodman, all of these like smart cereal flakes, like just like a stench came in my, in my head. Wild. 
Well, I don't have a smell associated with this movie in particular, but I probably have it for something else. <laughs> I couldn't tell you what. Yeah, um, I, I'm sure that there will be some time that you'll revisit a movie that you're like, oh yeah, I watched this when I was like five, and then you'll just get slapped in the face by like nothing, like nothing that you can like scratch at or even really fully to smell or taste or yeah. understand, but it'll be there. Yeah, no, that's that's real. I'm into that. Yeah. Um, like, so the kids are like, we're going to run away to join the circus. Um, and then the circus is run by Professor Screw Eyes, who is the evil brother of Captain New Eyes, which is the nice scientist that we met at the beginning of the movie that invented the cereal. Right. Uh, and and s- yeah. Here's, here's a question that I have, which is, is New Eyes the first name? of Captain New Eyes or his last name. Same with Screw Eyes. Did he change his name once he got the screw in there? Or was he always Screw Eyes? It doesn't this is add a up. great question. It doesn't add so, up. It just doesn't. My, if I had to wager a guess, and I love wagering guesses, is that the the family name, the the surname is New Eyes. Like, okay. I don't know. Maybe, it's, maybe they're connected to Van Eyes, California. Who knows? <laughs> and so... When uh, uh, Professor Screw Eyes got into whatever horrific accident caused this uh, mm-hmm. uh, facial deformity, he was like, you know what? It's right there. You know what? Screw it. Yeah. He said, screw it. Um, he was like, no, I don't want a prosthetic eye that will make my face look uh, like a face. I'm going to just do whatever I'm currently yep. doing with a screw. Uh, it's never explained doesn't really matter i guess according to the movie because this character was invented for the movie and doesn't exist in the book yeah yeah and so uh professor screw eyes runs this demented circus and the dinosaurs are like oh he's evil we got to stop him um but before they can get to uh the kids the kids sign a blood oath yep with the circus yeah a contract yeah and the only performer other than Professor Screw Eyes at this circus is Stubbs the Clown, Stubbs. voiced by Martin Short. And <laughs> I don't know how they did it, but they made Martin Short give the most like unceremonious performance. Like you cannot, you, I knew it was him going in, and I could not hear mm-hmm. like any of that like Martin Shortness. No, it's just like deliver it but take all the personality out of it that you might ever have. Yeah. Yeah. I also, this is another time capsule of a movie uh, from what we were talking about before, but also like when people thought clowns are hilarious, like I'm sure there's a world where clowns are funny. There's like a new age of clown stuff, but like, like this is just the timeless, like, Oh, he's like being stupid and that's funny. Yeah. Um, I think circuses in general, uh, are kind of like that where, like, I don't think I've ever been to a circus. Like, I think, I think circuses I, basically died in the 90s. Yeah, I think I think I've been to a circus. I have a vague memory of going to like Barnum and Bailey's one time when they were at uh, and this is a throwback for Philadelphia people, the Wachovia Spectrum. I don't oh, know why I, I yelled that, but I haven't said those words aloud in years because mm-hmm. Wachovia doesn't exist doesn't as exist a bank anymore. anymore. Uh now it's the Wells Fargo Center. Boring. Um, but yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that I saw uh, Barnum and Bailey's there before they went bankrupt. 
I also was invited on a date a few years ago to Cirque du Soleil. Oh. And I, d- I did not go on that date. Oh. Because it was Cirque to... du Soleil? Was, was because it was Cirque du Soleil? So this was, this was uh, right before uh, my boyfriend and I became official. Mm-hmm. And it was like, coincidentally, both of us had like gone on a, another date that week just to like mm-hmm. test yeah. the waters and compare. And so this guy... He texted me after I had like had another good day with my boyfriend, and he was like, "I have tickets to Cirque du Soleil through work. Want to go?" And I was like, "Do I want to go to Cirque du Soleil? And also, do I want to go with this guy?" Yeah. And the answer was no to both. Uh huh. So yes, it was about Cirque du Soleil. Yeah. Actually, you but- know what? The the most recent clown like or circus like performance I've been to is in 2014. I saw the Blue Man Group. Okay. I think that kind of counts that's its own thing yeah. yeah 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 what about you are you have you been to a circus lately I, I really don't think i have and i i am sure if i really thought about it i'd come up with something that was circus like but definitely never like a three ring barnum and bailey any of any of those haven't done circus Cir- soleil did see blue man group in 2005 great um, show yeah um but yeah, I think just as a cultural phenomenon, they they're basically steam trains. They're mm-hmm. around, but they're a novelty and nobody thinks about them that much unless you're really into them. That's true. I Great. that was a that was an early pandemic idea of like, oh, maybe I could work on juggling cuz I mm. for a brief a brief period I was able to juggle and I didn't practice so I lost it and like I'm kind of glad that I didn't get to that point. Like I found other things to do instead. Yeah. Anything I had, else. I had a friend in high school who when when she was in middle school, she'd broken her leg somehow and took up juggling while she was like just lying in a bed for weeks on end. And so that became a big part of part of her life. Um, but also there was no high speed inter- internet then. So there was a lot less to do. Yeah. It was all you had to do was juggle. Uh, yeah. That was it was, the, it was the 1840s back when I was in middle school. <laughs> that's true. You're Great. We old. have gone down several paths. <laughs> that's true. Um, yeah. So, okay. So, uh, Professor Screw Eyes uh, entraps the kids in a contract. Mm-hmm. The dinosaurs show up and they're and uh, John Goodwin is like, let them go. And Professor Screw Eyes gives them a pill that temporarily turns them into monkeys. Monkeys. And... I remember that was a very visceral moment because I do remember that as a kid and that terrifying the fuck out of me. Understandably. Because it's also like they're monkeys, but they're also like sad monkeys and that's just no fun for anybody. Most, well, I don't want to say most, but many monkeys in captivity might be sad monkeys. I'll just throw yeah. that in there. And he also uh, only gave them one banana to share, which like, come on. Come on, buddy. You can, on. You can spare a banana. Two bananas. Um, I have a note that the brain drain... Uh, quote pills actually seem to be a mix of pills and capsules which are different <laughs> different things altogether that's feel important like, feel like somebody's got to notice this stuff like yeah like because here's here's the kind of flip side of it which is somebody creating this art had to make that choice that's one way or yeah. another yeah um, nothing accidental can happen in animation like live right. action oh like, right we just kind of put stuff in a bottle and call it a day but yeah everything takes years yeah. and millions of dollars yeah um and and maybe everything takes four directors then i don't know that's true i've never made a movie who knows how hard it yeah. is to make a 65 yeah. minute uh 
short film, <sighs> essentially. Gracious, gracious. Um, you know what? This this feels like a great time. So this is a segment, sort of. So Neil, you uh, took notes when you first watched this movie, mm-hmm. and then uh, you reread those notes before this podcast, and s- many of them were incoherent. So yeah. I'm gonna try to guess what part of the movie you were getting at in okay. a segment I call Neil's Notes. And I'm not going to put a song because I don't have one in mind for it. Oh, all right. Um, all right. Let me let me pull one at random here. Let's see. Because this is also how this podcast started was like I just took movie notes watching a movie and I was like, what the fuck is, what is any this? of this? What is this? Yeah. All right. Here's a note. Note number one. Okay. Lorem Ipsum. Lorem Ipsum. Okay. Oh, so my guess is that when uh, Professor Screw Eyes shows off the contract, I'm sure that they didn't actually write stuff on it. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and I bet I just didn't see that this time around because I didn't quite know where to look for it. Oh, that's good. Um, Another me... weird scenario of like, oh, a lot of detail and then just like filler yeah. for the rest. Um, here's yeah. one I, I know what I'm yeah, going yeah. for. Okay. You probably will figure it out too. Okay. WTC. WTC. Oh. Oh yeah. Well, this is a this is early nineties, so of mm-hmm. course the World Trade Center is in this movie. Yeah, featured Wait. prominently, repeatedly. Oh, I somehow did not know. Maybe because I was so young when nine eleven happened, I have like yeah, face blindness to the World Trade Center. That that's that's an interesting Sad. like difference between us yeah um yeah okay here's here's number three give me one give me one more let's let's see if i can be three for three not boys and house of sin burning man camps no okay yeah this one might be a stumper i think um this was also the early night early mid 90s um and central park and a lot of New York was still seen as like a cesspool. And so when uh, our two kid heroes, Louis and Cecilia, enter Central Park, they run into like a biker gang, essentially. And like, it's mm. just poorly lit. So maybe that's what you're going for of just like, oh, this is like a just like a creepy area. It, it could be. But this is three to four lines separate from the word punks, which I think might be what you're referring to. Yes, I am talking about yeah. the punks. Okay. Punks. Hmm. Yeah, that one was a hard one. I if don't know. You, if you've seen We're Back at Dinosaur Story and lasted this long, <laughs> tweet, tweet us and say what the fuck you think that means. Um, yeah. Uh, so the the kids are monkeys and then the dinosaurs are like, okay, we will submit ourselves to you, Professor Screw Eyes. Just let the kids go and like live their lives. Because he was like, We're, "I'm gonna kidnap these kids, and they're never gonna see their family again." Mm-hmm. So the dinosaurs get desmarted with the pills. Um, I don't know why they didn't turn into monkeys as well. Um, and it's just like the sad moment where like they're they're now just savage beasts again, and uh, they're about to like kill and eat people. And Cecilia, mm-hmm. Cecilia cries, let no bad happen. Yeah. Which <laughs> Great shows, writing. Yeah, she's uh, such an afterthought of a character, which is very sad. Um, and then, you know, uh, 
I keep wanting to call him Joey. His name's Louis. Louis. Louis gives like a whole speech about like being good or whatever and like not being cruel. And then it works somehow. Somehow. It's that's not really explained well, honestly. No. Yeah, one of five million fucking things that doesn't uh, get explained well. And then that's the end of the movie. Yeah, everybody everybody goes home. Yeah. And, oh. and kisses each other. Yeah, everybody kisses. One thing, <laughs> I did forget that the framing device of this movie also makes no sense. It's uh, a little bluebird is getting bullied yes. on oh, a yeah. golf course. And then John Goodman's dinosaur shows up to play golf. And the bluebird is like, you're a dinosaur. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's my story. And then the end is like, well, that was my story. And he's and the baby bird was like, what happened to the kids? And he was like, oh, they're a cute couple now. And also, everything's cool. And we live at the, uh, the museum. And that's the end of the movie. And like... It's, it's almost so confusing that it's... Um, detrimental to have it. Yeah, like this. This is definitely one of the more terrible movies that we've reviewed on the show. We've also, said it. We finally said that it's a bad movie. Yeah, but also like because of that, it is entertaining to watch, and because it's not even seventy minutes long, uh, it's pretty solid in that. Uh, Very consumable. Yes. Just like all of that brain brand or whatever. Yeah. Um, do you have any final thoughts on we're back before we kind of go into, you know, the whole rating thing that we always yeah. do on, on this, John? Uh, to me, this is a movie that you should not see unless you are really curious and really understand what you're getting into for 70 minutes. Um, otherwise, it's just going to be a weird waste of your time. Yeah. I Like... I don't even know if substances would help. Like if Good I had two, if I had two drinks or like if I was like if I had a shot and then I was like drinking a beer during this movie, maybe like just being a little bit warm and loose would help. But like if I was like drunk, I would be like, no, this sucks. No, I had I had one beer the first time I watched this movie and that was enjoyable. Um, so that's the threshold. That's that's the threshold. It is it is the perfect movie to watch to have one to two beers with and then move on with your life mm-hmm. uh also one thing to note is that uh i feel like john goodman is like really going into like a kelsey Grammer vocal performance thing in this movie mm-hmm. like very like i'm surprised his character didn't go quite stylish at any point just <laughs> this is what happens when you have four directors is you you get martin short's character and his line readings but you also get john goodman's that you know, yeah, and also like they're built by committee. Also, Rhea Perlman is the oh, yeah. bird's mom. Yeah, and she has maybe two lines. Like, right. why? What did why, that cost them? Yeah, why did you do this? Yeah, <laughs> why did you do this? Is really the question for this entire movie. Yep. Um. So I guess let's do it. Now is the part of the show where we rate everything on a scale yeah. of uh, zero to five. Neil, you know this. You can be as minute and specific with your uh, mm-hmm. decimal places. What What are you giving? We're back. A dinosaur story. Can you give it a point seven three? Wow. Zero point seven three. Yep. Honestly, I'm kind of close to you. I'm giving it a uh, one point zero four. Okay. It's 
I was thinking of dipping into like zero point, but I'm like, you know what? I think mm. we're okay. I think we'll survive. Uh, we'll and there's been worse. This is like at least watchable, even yeah. though the title is so long. We didn't really get into how long this title is. Unnecessarily so. It's longer than the movie. <laughs> but crunching the numbers, we're back a dinosaur story. We're giving it a collective 0.885, which puts it just above the uh, 90s animated show reboot Oof. and right below Cat in the Hat, the uh, uh, what's-his-face version, the Mike Myers edition. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I feel like it's in good company. That checks out. That all checks out very well. Yeah, it's right around the corner from Surf Ninjas and the Andy Kaufman robot movie Heartbeeps. So uh Oh, I missed that one. It's it's a clunker, and not just mm-hmm. because th- they're robots. It's him and Bernadette Peters are robots that fall in love. I mean, I love that in theory. Oh, in practice it was a it was insane time, but you know what? Give it a go, and you'll watch it, and it's the reason why they never greenlit a Tony Clifton movie. <laughs> Other than Man on the Moon. Yeah. Ugh. Gross. I don't know why I said that. I don't, I don't, I have, no, opi- I have, I have no opinions on Andy Kaufman. I'm not like a, like, he was a genius, or like, he was a nuisance. I'm just like, yeah. like, I live in, I grew up watching, like, Jackass, so, like, it's all yeah. n- nothing compared to yeah. that. But anyway, Neil... Thank you so much for for hopping on again. Uh, Look, uh, in terms of plugs, like you and I perform as part of the end crowd in Philadelphia. Uh, Is there anything uh, else you would like to plug or promote today? Yes. um, I have a monthly dinner party show uh, with Ryan T. Barlow. Um, We're hosted through Frigid New York, uh, and that's available on the internet. Um, You can like our Facebook page, which is My Dinner with Ryan Neal, one word, PT. Bart Hanlow, I think we styled it as. Um, and uh, yeah, about once a month we have a special guest on to just literally hang out over Zoom and compare notes on what we brought to dinner and ask them about their interesting projects. It's, uh, you know, interview chatty kind of thing. I love it. Well, cool. uh, great. And then, uh, you know, as always, you can rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast because, you know, it would, be, it would help us with the ratings and I'd appreciate it. But... That is all for today. We will hear you in a fortnight and go, go gadget and show.